And it's another week of them Asperger's. Yes? Yes. Just making sure you're there. Yeah. You were really quiet then. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> it's been another burger fun-filled week for us. Actually, I don't think it has. What have we been doing? Working. Yeah. Is that it? Is that all we've done in a week? Um. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, everything's still going good with our pages yes. and sites and everything else. I think I finally got everything else working. I just need to get it out there. Although the Facebook page is doing all right. And I guess that's the main one. Yeah, thank you so much for all your reviews and comments and questions as well. Yeah. Yeah. There has been a couple. Yeah. Um, And I finally figured out how to get the Instagram thing working. You have to do a picture. Yes. So those that are following it on Instagram, or if you go on Instagram and check out their mass burgers, the pictures I'm using at the moment are, I guess... What would you class those are? My doodles? Sketches? Your, your doodles. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just using my drawings for now as a um, picture to use to tag the episodes. Um, and it's the same as our, our profile picture on the Facebook page is actually my wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. But we might we might do some pictures of us, maybe. Oh, what? Well, yeah, but then it means you've got to have your picture taken. Yeah, I hate having my picture taken. We have, we have like... I think we have four pictures of us together in total. Yes. Three I mean, of three of them taken by your ex-girlfriend and one of them taken by your mum. And we're not really posing in any of them. Well, I haven't seen the one taken by my mum, so you never know. Oh, yeah, that one we sort of were, but... Yeah, they've all been, like, accidental. I think yeah. even the, the cover photo we've used on Facebook is actually... I think I'm eating a cookie and... I don't know what you're laughing uh, well, at. Well, to put context into the picture on our Facebook page, it was, we went to a cafe yeah. with your ex-girlfriend. Uh. We were, and we'd bought cookies from somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> and I did not want to eat cookies from somewhere else in this cafe because that that's like, that's, I feel like that's breaking the rules and I don't like that. So I've got the cookie under the table and I'm trying to slyly eat it, even though I'm really uncomfortable with doing it, but I didn't want to be the nerd out of the three of us. Yeah. So that's why I'm laughing, because I am really uncomfortable eating this cookie. Yeah. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> that was worse, yeah. Yeah, because I think, yeah, I, I didn't, I'm not bothered. But yeah, it doesn't... You weren't even a little bit bothered. No, well, I'm not even a little bit on edge about eating the illegal cookies. But you're weird with like rules and that kind of thing. You've always um like if it's a rule or you've got to do something, you've really got to stick to it. Like yeah. it's definitely one of your like Asperger things about you is that if it's a rule, you've got to stick to the rule. Yeah, I can't break rules. Um whereas I, I've got like an opposite problem where the if the rule wasn't made by me, I don't understand why it's a rule. So <laughs> Yeah, like I know with you, like once you know the rules, you've got to stick to the rules, and that's your own, no matter what they are. But with me, like there has to be a rule that I've made, otherwise I can't. I don't. If anything, I go against it just to understand why it's a rule. Because like I understand the reason I've made my own rules, yeah, or my own like routines, that kind of thing. But I don't get other people's rules. Like you know, when someone just tells you, "Oh, well, that's the rule," and I just think, yeah, "But why is that the rule?" <laughs> so what I like to do is do it, go against it see what happens and then be like, ah, that's why that's the rule or still be like, ah, that's just stupid. I was the same in school. The second that they were like, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. 
got to walk up the stairs on this side or got to tuck your shirt in or um remember them saying weird things about only wearing like black coats so I bought like like a denim jacket just to see what would happen (laughs) um yeah just to find out what the thing is where I guess for you like if it was walk up the left hand side of the stairs and I said we're walking on the right hand side but there was a sign saying left hand side if you're going up oh god (laughs) like the most notable time I remember this is when I went on a night out with my family it was kind of like a meal and drink sort of thing and we were having a really good night we were all a little bit drunk it was after I got my exam results at school so we were uh, but I was 18 and um oh what just in case the just, police are listening to this <laughs> no it was sick form so it was sick form but um we got, yes, got the results. any police listening to this uh she did not break the law it's not I don't but anyway <laughs> we were we were at this um sort of bar thing and there was a door, there was two doors, but one of the doors was one of those do not use this door, use the other door doors. Right. And my dad had gone out of it at one point and the man had come running up and was like, don't use this door. This door is not a door to be used. And it was fine. And then when we went to leave the bar, they all decided to go out of this door because it was right next to us instead of having to walk through the bar. Even though the man had specifically said, don't use this door. So they all went out of it and I physically couldn't and I had to walk around and I was really upset with them for breaking the rules. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just where I remember it being its worst because that was a horrible thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I would have gone out of it to see what happened. Yes. I mean, nothing happened, but... It just the man had told us not to. But yeah. Anyway, I digress. Yeah. Um. So, topic for this week is based on a well, a comment. I think it was a comment or it was a message. I'm not sure. Yeah. You saw it. Um. Well, it's going to be loosely based on that. It's not going to be like we're answering a question or anything like that. But it was just something that came up because obviously we've got the list. Yes. Uh, of stuff. But obviously, to keep this podcast going, obviously, when the list runs out, we'll... Uh, what do we do? <laughs> I mean, we, we, make, we make more. Come up with more. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, like... So... And also, like, a lot of the topics that we've done so far, we might have to revisit some of them. Just because... Obviously, you can't cover some of the things we've covered already. Like, you can't cover them in, like, an hour anyway, so... Yeah, there's a lot of stuff where we've started talking about, and I feel like... Oh, I wish we could go into more detail on that, but we haven't. Got yeah, we time. still can. Yeah, we still can. So, um, yeah. but today's episode is going to be about. I want to say emotions, but yeah, I would say emotions. Um, I don't know if we're doing emotions or you want to talk more about emotional responses to stuff. I guess they're the same thing. I yeah yeah I would say the same. But the um the listener wrote to us saying that they're dealing with a lot of family problems. Yeah. At the moment. But because they don't have the same sort of emotional responses um, to things as their other family members because of being on the spectrum, they've actually found that in a way it's been a good thing um, because they're almost like keeping the family together because they're not letting all the emotions sort of take over. So I think we're going to talk about how we deal with emotions and like they don't like that. There is definitely a positive aspect to having less uh, emotional responses which is what we have because i know that's not the same for everyone um yeah i i suppose i don't know because i think the emotional responses are still there i think they just don't 
show up for the same things. So I, yeah. I think that, like, you have emotional responses to stuff because, like, obviously things like meltdowns and that kind of thing are, like, massive emotional responses. Yeah. Um, but I think they're not for the same stuff that everybody else does. So everybody else, or I say everybody else, but neurotypical people... I think they have emotional responses to stuff in a normal way. Um, and I think for people on the spectrum, we have emotional responses to things that they don't and we don't have them to things that they do. But obviously, I guess the problem, well, not problem, but the thing I've seen is that with neurotypical, like so everything's it's like a neurotypical world in general. Yeah. So there's the things that you're supposed to emotionally respond to Um you know, like in a certain way. So like, for example, if there's a death in the family or you break up with someone or, um, you know, things like that, see things on the news that are supposed to be like quite horrific. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like there's that emotional response that neurotypical people have. And that's like the standard. That's what everybody does. You know, something sad happens, you're sad. Yeah. Um, and everybody's supposed to do it. And if you don't do it, it's, it's considered like... Um, it's considered like weird or uh you know like you always see those things on like facebook like if you don't cry at this or if this doesn't make you smile you're like dead inside like i always yeah. see like these weird posts where people post like heartfelt stories and then they're like see if you don't respond to this there's something wrong with you or you know i've heard people say i don't trust anyone that doesn't cry at this movie um and that's because the whole i suppose narrative of the world is set up for everybody to respond to certain things a certain way <clears throat> and when you don't it's seen as like uh, a deviation or it's not normal um and this is one of those things that i always feel like is a good indicator for someone that may be on the spectrum if their emotional responses aren't in line with what's the norm or what's the what society's deemed the actual response that everybody's supposed yeah. to be having to stuff i always feel like it's a good indicator to tell if somebody's autistic or not based on the way they react to stuff but most people don't pick up on that. So most neurotypical people don't see that emotional response to something and think, oh, I wonder if they're on the spectrum or I wonder if they've got Asperger's. They just think, what's wrong with this person? Uh, like, they're unfeeling, they're uncaring, like, they're, like, you know, yeah. uh, there's just something wrong. Cold. Yeah, and, like, these are one of the things I was thinking about it, and it's kind of similar. that Like, obviously, other disabilities, physical disabilities, because you can see them, you know, like if someone's like in a wheelchair or has a hearing aid or generally something like yeah. that. Um, people are more accepting of certain things. But like that's the thing that I've always found weird. And there's obviously other uh, mental disabilities like Down syndrome, that kind of thing that are also you can tell. Um, but with Asperger's, it's one of those things that like it always comes up. It's been coming up a lot lately for me uh, recently as well, where... I'm finding myself getting into situations or issues that because I don't appear different and because I don't look any different and because like I'm good at mimicking NT behavior to some point, uh, the only time it deviates is in things like emotional responses yeah. where my emotional response to something is not the normal. But because everything else about me, I've like obviously taught myself how to appear neurotypical in front of people. Um, when these like breaks from that like I don't know disguise happens and people see my lack of response they they don't they won't think anything of it like so in my case it's it's more of a problem like I guess there's those on the spectrum that 
don't appear NT in any way. So like their emotional responses are fine to be different, I suppose. But it's it's one of those things that because people don't know what it is, people don't notice it and they just think that I'm being like unfeeling cold or you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um so I, I totally get it. But yeah, I'm I know this person that wrote in has mentioned it in a positive light of like my family are using me as like because everyone else is like falling to pieces but I'm stable um and I don't know if that's down to because they're a strong person or it's just the autistic thing uh that certain things don't upset you or bother you so you're able to maintain like a level head and function properly without being upset all the time um and that helps you like keep things going in my case it's more it's the thing that makes it difficult is my lack of responses to stuff or my inability to empathize or emotionally respond to stuff normally. Um, I always found it more of a problem uh, than a good thing. Um, okay. Just because people see me react in a way that's not, you know, good. Like, I mean, like someone tells me like they've broken up with their girlfriend and my reaction to it is to treat it like they've just said to me, oh, I had pizza for dinner last night. Um, and there's nothing in me telling me like, oh, um, you need to be comforting and be like, oh, that's so sad. Like, what happened? Instead, I just sort of go, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, broken up, have you? Like, I see. Uh, when did that happen? And they tell me. And I'm, just, and I'm like quite clinical about it. Yeah. And then when they finish talking, I just sort of go, all right, OK. And then when they start like crying or getting upset, I then become confused. I then start thinking like, why are they why are they crying now? Like. If this topic was something that was going to make them cry, why bring it up? Why talk to me about it? Yeah. Why decide to start a conversation about something that's going to upset you? And it doesn't make any sense. I mean, obviously, if I think about it, I have heard people like not on the spectrum tell me that the reason they do that is because they're looking for like, I don't know, comfort, comfort. or yeah. like a shoulder to cry on. And obviously picking someone on the spectrum is probably not the best idea for that. Um which is weird because obviously before getting diagnosed, people used to do that to me all the time. But since getting diagnosed, people still do it. Um, and I always feel a little bit like, you do know, like of all the people that you wanted to come to to talk to about this kind of stuff, I'm probably the worst person you could have picked for this. Yeah. Um, because my emotional responses aren't going to be in tune with yours. You know, when I've been through breakups... Uh, I've never emotionally responded in the same way as everybody else would. I'd never get upset. And I've been in relationships that broke up after like five years. Uh, the last one I was in, five years. Um, no, you know, we were living together. Um, and obviously she was upset, but I wasn't. And it's not because, it's not because like I didn't care. It's just that's how it is. Um, like she kept saying that it'll hit me and at some point it'll catch up with me um, because obviously she knew something about Asperger's and like with meltdowns that's kind of how meltdowns work so yeah. with meltdowns it is a build-up of things over a period of time and then eventually they all kind of catch up you at the same point and you find yourself having a meltdown over something that could have happened weeks before yeah so she figured that my emotions because of my Asperger's were just being like mega delayed and it, it takes me a while to figure out what's happening and then I have emotional response and I never did and even though she knew it was going to happen she knew I had Asperger's like before we met um and I told her when we got together and she knew that would probably be the case when it happened it still wasn't easier for wait her to... you, you haven't said what you told her or what she knew was going to happen I told her that what well, I'm just saying I'm saying oh, that right. like I told her that I wasn't 
you know, that if we if we broke up, like my emotional responses wouldn't be any different. Like it came up oh, in yeah, conversation yeah. casually all the time. She was like, so if we ever broke up, you wouldn't care. And it was like, it's not that I wouldn't care. It's just the response would be different. And I think that's that's the difference that people, the neurotypical people don't get. It's not that we don't care. And it's not that the reason we don't have an emotional response that's the same as you is not because of lack of like not being bothered or not. It's just it. It, it comes out differently, you know? Yeah. Would you say that's an advantage, though? Because it means you don't, like... Some people, when they go through, like, a breakup or a death in the family, that's, like, they shut down for a bit as a person. Um, so in that way, would you say it's a positive? I guess so. I mean, most people that have breakups, yeah, like you said, sometimes they're a mess. They're upset for ages, um... It takes a while to... Obviously, you've got things like... Obviously, when people die, like, you've got grief. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that doesn't really happen to me. Um, I don't think it happens to you. No. And there's a few people I spoke to on the spectrum that have also said it didn't happen to them. So I'm not saying that's like a blanket. Everybody on the spectrum doesn't get upset. Um, because, obviously, for some people, when they're in a relationship, they're so used to the routine and the familiarity of being in a relationship with someone that when the relationship ends, they kind of miss the whole structure of their life disappears with it. Yeah. Uh, and that can be stressful. So that looks like being upset. So, yeah, I can't speak for everybody, but I would say it's a positive in the sense of you don't get bogged down in the the morning or the, the you know, you're not crying everything stuff yeah. doesn't remind you of the person you were with like you know when you see stuff and it reminds you of your yeah. relationship and then you get upset again like that's what people go through i've seen that happen to neurotypical people when they've broken up with someone and i do i used to think before diagnosis like why are you doing this like this seems a bit extreme it's not like that person's dead or it's not like i mean it obviously didn't work out because it didn't like why is this a thing that is such a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then after I got diagnosed, I realised that the reason I don't do those things is because of my Asperger's. Um, but yeah, I would see it as a positive just because you're not consumed by this, like, the same thoughts and the same worries and that kind of thing. But then saying that, like, people on the spectrum are consumed by thoughts and worries all day, every day. Yeah. So maybe it's not that we don't... Um, we don't have the same responses. I think we're just so used to it, you know, that it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, like if you get into like a really hot bath, you know, yeah. like when you first get in there, like it proper burns and like this is hideous. But then you're in it for a bit, you don't notice. Could yeah. just be that. Could just be that we're always thinking, always thoughts. We've got these obsessive worries, you know, like that kind of thing all the time that we're so used to it that maybe when we break up with people those just get added to the pile yeah and our reaction doesn't change or it could just be a case of it's our emotional responses are so different that we don't react to the same things the same way you know yeah um i agree with you i think like um if you like emotion wise i would say that i'm more emotional than you yeah um and I think, like, I, I do have emotions, but I agree with what you say. Because, like, my whole attitude towards things like breakups, but also just towards anything. So, you know, when people get really wound up because they sort of go, oh, no, like, I sent this message and this person now thinks this about me and things like that. And people get really worked up over things, like, and that sort of thing. 
my reaction to everything and I've had it sort of always so I had it when I was younger if I was like I knew I was going to get in trouble with my parents it's always the thought of will this matter in a week will this matter in two weeks will I be thinking about this in six months probably not and I think that's how I deal with kind of everything so with things like a breakup my thought in my head will be like will like in a week's time I'll still be alive and like my life will still be the same just won't have this person and then in six months like probably won't even remember who this person is and that's kind of I I don't know that's a thought that's always in my head with um things that I know other like NT people and certain people would be more worked up about and um with things like breakups for me there's a change in routine um which sometimes can throw me it won't like I won't be upset I'll just be maybe a little bit sort of thrown for a couple of weeks while I'm getting into like my a new routine and I might start like forgetting things yeah I think that's like the thing that will be different for me but um same with grief so like if if someone dies um it really does depend on how much of a part of my life they were because the thing that will throw me is the difference in routine I remember when I was younger my granddad died and my it's not that you don't feel sad or maybe it is you definitely it's not that you don't care for sure there's definitely a feeling of like that's a shame (laughs) but it's not a it doesn't seem to be the same as everyone else. And I did cry. I remember crying, but I I feel like I cried when other people were crying around me. Um, and I do remember my initial thought, and this sounds really horrible, but uh, I mean, I'm just going to say what I actually felt. My initial thought was I didn't really want to go to gymnastics the night that my granddad died. And I was in my leotard ready to go. Uh, and my dad got called to my grands and... Uh, well, I wasn't really sure what was going on. Like, nobody had said to me that your granddad's had a heart attack or anything like that. I just knew that my dad had gone out kind of urgently looking really on edge and my mum was a bit shaken up. Uh, and I, I remember my first thought being, oh, maybe I don't have to go to gymnastics. And then my mum called me downstairs and I was like, and I and said to me that my granddad had passed away. And yeah, the th- the first thought in my head was, no gymnastics and it wasn't because like my granddad was great he was a great man but it it wasn't a it definitely wasn't happy he'd died and I wasn't not upset by it it just wasn't something that I really thought about I remember I cried when other people around me were crying and I think it was a sort of response thing same as at his funeral I was fine but then as soon as sort of everyone else burst into tears I sort of just I feel like I copied the reaction yeah. more than felt it myself. And I feel like that's what I've done at sort of every funeral I've gone to. I've been fine. And then when other people around me start crying, I don't know. Like maybe it is me, but it feels like I more just copy them. I don't do it consciously, but that's what I think happens. And I remember with my granddad, um, about two weeks after his death, I burst into tears and had a proper meltdown and um like said to my mum when's it gonna stop hurting but I think what I really meant was like when's the routine gonna go back to normal because everyone 
the whole routine of like life had changed. My dad was staying at my grand's to stay with her and his brothers. They were sort of rotating so that she wasn't on her own. Um, so it was really messing with my routine. Like the way who was picking me up from school was different. When I was having dinner was different. What I was having for dinner was tended to be the same thing every night that week. And I was getting really stressed by it. But again, like I'd, it wasn't the missing my granddad. It was the change in routine. And I think that's just... Uh, the way that I respond to things is the routine and I don't have the same emotional responses to things like yeah breakups death and just other things that people seem to get really worked up about I can sort of brush them off um and like for me nothing's more relaxing to me than doing parts of my like relaxing routine so say like I did go through a breakup if I like run myself a bath and I'm stroking something soft and I've got like nice scents around me, they're all things that are going to occupy my brain instead because like I'm stimulating myself, like I'm stimulating my brain. So hmm. I maybe that's a thing that's different for us as well because like if I'm if I can do something that will is sensory, it's going to distract me. It's going to take my thoughts away. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I, I do remember growing up, it, on several occasions I've been called cold. Um, I, I had a few friends say that they thought I was a sociopath. I've had the same thing from boyfriends. Um, I've had boyfriends say that um, I have no emotions or that I've got... Well, my, one, well, my ex-boyfriend thought that I had a personality disorder. Yeah. Um, and when him and I broke up, I didn't have a, I didn't have any emotional response. I do, like, he did say, like, why are you being so cold? And I I didn't realise I was, but I didn't, like, he was obviously really upset. And I would say the words, like, he would say to me, I'm really upset. And I'd say the words back of, yeah, me too. But there was no, like, he was crying and I wasn't. And he just seemed, like, lost and I was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, same, same with like mine. Uh, previous one, like same. She kept checking uh, and kept saying you're not bothered, but then she knew. So I know what you mean, though. Like, because obviously one of the things I and we've talked about this before, like on the blending in episode, I spoke about how I do things to appear nor more normal. Yeah. Um, because then I don't get into trouble, I'm not, like, standing out, that kind yeah. of thing. Um, and this is one of those things that, like I said, obviously stands out. And the thing I noticed is if people find out that you've broken up with someone or if people know that somebody in your family died or that kind of thing, they will do this thing and, like, obviously they're doing it because in, like, normal ways, they they will come up to you and say, are you okay? I, yeah. heard, I heard about you and so-and-so or yeah. I, I heard about your, you know, whoever died. Um and then you have they have they ask you if you're okay. Yeah. And you always just I always just go yeah 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 I'm fine. Um, and they think you're doing that like suffering in silence thing, so that they don't then don't leave it alone. Yeah. So like they then are just sort of like, are you sure you're okay? Like you know, yeah. this is a, you're with them for a while. I know it's a big thing. And you go yeah yeah it's fine I'm not bothered. Um, and like no matter what you say, they think that you're just trying to like you know, be strong yeah. uh, and don't want to attract a lot of attention to yourself. And I always find that more awkward yeah. because 
I then think like, oh, this is just going to go on. And like, you know, word travels, uh, especially with things like social media now, like, you know, you just got to click, you know, to in a relationship to single. Yeah. And then you've got all the Facebook messages. Um, and every time I've ever said to them, like, it's, I'm fine. Like, it doesn't matter. I'm not bothered. They think that I am. Yeah. And I'm just trying to hide it. So then I start getting like crazy thoughts like, oh, do I pretend like I'm upset? Because if I pretend like I'm upset, will that attract less or more attention? You know, like if I, if I, I, I kind of know what the emotional response to this is supposed to look like. So if I do it, well, does that mean that more people will come? Because obviously when people are upset, like people like, you know, go and see them. Are you all yeah. right? Do you want a drink? You know, this kind of thing, um, which I never did. So like when people... I'd see crying. I just found it difficult. I just be like, oh, probably not going to talk to them for a bit until they stop doing that. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I, I'd know that if I started pretending to be upset, that gets people coming over and asking if you're okay. But, you know, then they, they sometimes send you home or they tell you to go take a break. So then you start weighing up like, can I fake being upset just so <laughs> I can go to a different part of the building where people won't ask me if I'm yeah. okay? Um, and they're like the emotional responses you you have to stuff that I, you know, saying them out loud to anyone that's listening to this that's NT, like it does sound a bit like cold, but yeah. it's not that we are, it's just you can't, you can't feel something you don't feel. So like you can't react to something that isn't a reaction. And I think if you're with or know someone that's on the spectrum, just know that it's not that they don't care or it's not that they um, aren't bothered or interested it's just there's not that bit of them that's telling them to be upset or telling them to react a certain way it becomes just more socially awkward you're either someone that's in tune with what's socially acceptable and then you have to try and pretend to have all the same responses to everything as everybody else yeah or you have to just know that everybody that knows you knows you're on the spectrum and just accepts that the way you react is the way you react naturally and yeah it I don't like it when someone's broken up with somebody or equally when I broke something or something sad happened in general and there's a way you've got to feel. It's, it's kind of like, you know, like when something horrible happens on the news. Yeah. Um, I feel next to nothing about yeah. everything that happens in the news, um, like no matter what it is. And like, you know, you people start conversations about it at work, wherever, and they go, oh, it's so bad, isn't it? Like, it's awful. Like, it's such a... And I have to kind of be like, I have to sort of go, yeah, 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 yeah. But really, I'm just thinking I have to say yeah, because if I say no, um, it makes me seem... That seemed worse in yeah. some ways when you just go, yeah, I suppose. Um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. But that's just because there's no no emotional... I've got no emotional response there. Um, but I was thinking also yeah. about the opposite of that. So positive responses to stuff. Also, I think I've got the same issue, but the other way around. Yeah. So, you know, like when it's your birthday or like Christmas is coming or you're going on holiday or that kind of thing. Or if you are on holiday or a a gig or, you know, the things that people have like happy responses to or get excited about and that kind of thing. I have the exact same issue as with the the bad stuff to the good stuff. So, you know, like if my birthday's up and people just sort of go, you excited? Yeah. I'm just usually like, no. Um, or like, oh, it's Christmas in a couple of weeks. How do you feel about that? And I'm like, yeah. And like when Christmas Day comes, I personally would do nothing for Christmas. Yeah. So like I live alone. I live quite far away from like family and that kind of thing. And I know Christmas is one of those things that people 
want to be together and like there's that whole Christmas vibe thing but I don't get any of that so like I've always said it like if Christmas was one of those things that just didn't exist anymore like someone just went we're not doing it it's done yeah you know I I don't it wouldn't be one of those things that I would miss like I could happily Christmas day not put decorations up not get presents and just do everything I my normal routine as I do every day yeah um, but I guess that's because Christmas is one of those things that's highly emotional. Um, and I guess because my responses to it aren't normal. Same with birthdays. Uh, like, I don't get excited about birthdays. I haven't taken a holiday in... Well, I haven't left the country or been on an actual holiday, I would say, in... It's got to be, like, 12, 13 years, maybe more. Um, and I don't, like, need it or that kind of thing. And, yeah, yeah I just don't have the same responses and that equally attracts like attention when people go oh you're excited like oh this is happening and I'm just kind of like eh, eh, not really um like I don't and it makes people think that you're miserable you yeah. know like um you've got the other side of like when bad stuff happens you don't respond to it properly uh and it's seen as like you're unfeeling but then like when the good stuff happens and you also like for me I'm the same I I mean you probably noticed with me I'm like at the same emotional level about everything all the time yeah my mood rarely changes I'm usually the mood um, and when I do these podcasts or uh, in general, this is just how I am, like, 24-7. So, like, I don't change no matter what happens. Um, and, yeah, like, those weird spikes and stuff. When it's a normal everyday day and normal things are happening, nobody notices. But when the good stuff, bad stuff happens, that's when people notice that I'm different to them. Yeah. If you know what I mean? Um, like, I'm sure, have you ever had, like, good things happen and you've been, like, indifferent to it? And people have noticed that you're a bit meh, whatever. Yeah, um... It depends what it is. Like, I don't have the... Like, where I said I'm more emotional than you is probably... I do have good and bad responses to things. There are times where I'll get happy and times where I'll get sad. Um, For me, like, the way I think my emotions are different from NT people is more... I don't seem to get sad over the same things. Yeah. Um, And, like, my sad... I definitely don't don't seem to get as worked up over stuff and they are probably a bit muted so sometimes when I'm feeling sad about something it's it, like I'm a little bit sad but I can cheer myself up or whatever yeah um but like I do have happy responses um but yeah there are a lot of things where people have come up to me excited to tell me that this has happened and I've sort of not really cared or I just think why would that be good news to me um like a lot of things people will be like oh this is great and i'll think why would i why is that why I, a lot of the time i just don't understand why i would consider it good even if it's something that is like we're going to this place i just think mm, i don't really want to um but a lot of that comes from me i like uh my routine i don't like things changing from my routine so things that people consider good things often are just things that uh i would rather not do um yeah but i definitely i i do get happy um and i do have good moods and bad moods i just don't i don't know it's hard to tell like if mine's muted or what i love that i'm very good at pretending to be happy um when i'm around so for example when i'm at work i definitely put on a much more happy sort of chirpier persona to what my actual personality is yeah 
I would say that. I'd say you're definitely uh, someone I'd class as. If I didn't know you already, I'd say you were quite upbeat. Like, I'd say you were someone that was always happy. Um, I mean, obviously it wasn't until I got to know you that I have seen, like, the other side. But, uh, yeah, like, I would say you're upbeat and happy all the time at work. Like, before getting to know you, um, you were just one of those people that I always just thought, yeah, she's always in a good mood, like, all the time. Yeah. And it's not that I... It's not that outside of work or when I'm not doing this, I'm miserable <laughs> or down. I'm not, like, a, usually yeah. in a down mood. I just, I get what you mean. It's uh, it's just probably clever um, because if you're upbeat and happy to everybody all the time, nobody asks questions. No. Nobody wants to know how you're feeling. You yeah. won't have to explain your, I don't know, lack of emotional response to stuff or yeah. the things that, because obviously when you start explaining yourself, especially in your case, like when you started explaining yourself to me a bit more, I it didn't take long to figure out that you were on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, if you just look at you at like face value and don't really get to know you, um, you just seem as like an upbeat, happy like person in general. Yeah. Um, it wasn't until I got talking to you, and I think that's what it is. If you do the the happy, upbeat thing, people don't ask you questions. People don't ask you how you're doing. People don't ask you like what's up. You don't get any of that kind of stuff. Um, and I think yeah, with you, it doesn't take much talking to you to realise that you're a bit you know what's the word I want to use I'm going to say weird I say weird <laughs> um, but yeah like I would say gen- like for in the day to day outside of work I'd say at work I'm sort of like on the more extremely positive sort of mood I'd say like generally my general state of mood is quite happy quite happy like I'm quite uh, lively yeah, definitely. Yeah, you've always got like lots of energy and that kind of thing. Um, but like that's like your normal everyday thing. But like when stuff happens that's considered like a good thing or that kind of thing, do you ever feel like a wave of like happiness about it, or do you just stay the same? I just stay the same. Yeah. Um, like I generally I go through like if I'm having a meltdown or I'm just ruminating too much, then I'm not I'm not in my like upbeat, happy mood. But like my general day to day, like outside of work mood is I'm just just feel quite content. I have always got quite a lot of energy and I laugh at everything. Like yeah. I find I find anything funny. It doesn't matter what it is, I'll find it funny. And like I think that's one of my uh emotional responses that's weird i find loads of stuff funny even things that are bad so if i like spill coffee everywhere i'll think it's really funny yeah but i know that like i know that there's been times with you where i've really laughed at something and i've looked at you and gone oh maybe this wasn't funny yeah i think you've broken stuff like in my flat (laughs) and then like laughed really loud at it and i've looked at it like what have you just done yeah. yeah, but like I don't know where that comes from but that I think that's like a thing where my emotional responses are weird like I don't know if something's a bad thing I'll just laugh it off and then someone will go no and then I'll realise that it wasn't funny but yeah I laugh I laugh at everything all the time mm. I don't know why that is I don't know if that's me just not having the correct emotional response because I, I definitely... I, de- I feel like I've always done this. I've always found things funny. 
Well, something you said earlier in this episode was you said this whole, um, will it matter in a week? Will it matter? Yeah. Like, is that something you taught yourself because things used to bother you? Yeah, I think so. Or did you tell yourself that because... Um, like, like I said, before I was diagnosed or before I realized I had Asperger's, I saw my own like lack of response to everything. Uh, the fact that you could tell me something really horrible or something really mundane and my response was going to be the same either way. Before diagnosis, I obviously I've mentioned a few times now that I thought there was something like really wrong with me, um, which in itself, thinking there was something really mentally wrong with me did not worry me. Yeah. Or, like, make me feel, like, upset or, like, scared or anything like that. I just remember thinking, oh, there's something really wrong with me. Mm. Okay. And, like, just moving on with it, like, whatever. <laughs> but then um, when I got diagnosed, it was better because I thought, well, that's what it is. It doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah. Um, where, but before then, like, I had these thoughts of... I spent all my time thinking and, you know, anyone listening to this that's on the spectrum, you know that you're different before you've been diagnosed, before anybody's even mentioned the word Asperger's. You just know listening to people's emotional responses and talking to someone and listening to the things they've got happy about or sad about. You compare yourself to them and just think, "Ooh, that's not me. And then once you like speak to like 40, 50 people, you know, and they've all said the same thing, or this is sad, or this has made me like really happy, or I'm really excited about this. And you start thinking, not me. Um, and this is a common thing now. You notice you're different. It almost feels like you're a completely different species to everybody else. Like you feel that different from everybody else. Um, hearing these things, hearing everyone saying that they've got the, the same emotional responses to stuff. Um, and I personally believed that the reason I wasn't getting upset and the reason I wasn't like getting happy was because I was so different that I just wasn't finding the right things. I wasn't doing the right things with myself to have those responses. Um, and then after a bit, once that thought wore off, I started just thinking that I was incapable. Um, and yeah, you do start feeling you're completely different to everybody else. Uh, and there's something like massively you know, unique about you. And then once I got the diagnosis and they, well, once they told me Asperger's and you add Asperger's to it, you just go, oh, right, that all makes sense and it's fine. And there's like that wave of relief. But you tell yourself these things before you're diagnosed about why your emotions are completely different to everybody else. And in my case, I was convinced that like there was just, I was something else completely different to everybody else, you know, like mentally, physically, whatever. I knew that I was and I just said, and I just tell myself I'm different. Uh, I'm like way different. I used to see everybody else as the same thing. Uh, and then there was just me, you know, like them, yeah. them and me, like mentality about everything. Um, and yeah, it, it does. I don't think it messed with me, but I did. It does make you like think, well, what's going on then? Um, and yeah, with you in this next week, it'll be fine. You know, will it matter in a day and that kind of thing? Do you think that you got, so like I said, do you think you got upset and had normal responses and then you taught yourself that like mantra almost to stop the responses or do you think you didn't have the responses at all and you taught yourself to say that because then that made it seem more normal that you were okay with it yeah prob probably the second one although I feel like what probably happened was I was probably having 
an emotional response to something that was silly. So, well, silly. Something I was probably getting worked up over something that NT people wouldn't get worked up over. And I taught myself the week thing, like month thing. Yeah. But I know that now, now I have this in my head, this will it matter in a week? Will it matter in two weeks? I think that this is like the gem I genuinely felt like I've realizing now that it doesn't work for everyone else. But I thought that this was the golden ticket, the like this big secret that everyone else hadn't clocked onto. And then I started telling other people. So people would come to me and be like, for instance, one of my when I was in Thanet, one of my best friends came to me about her boyfriend. They'd had some problems. They'd broken up. She was really upset. She was crying and I was like, don't worry, will this even matter in a week? And I was ready. I was ready to see like the relief like wash over her face and her realise that I'd just solved everything for her. Yeah. And then she carried on crying and I was so confused. I remember getting really confused. Like, did she did she not hear what I just said? Has she just missed out? Like, is she not even taking this into account? I've done it with my sister. My sister called me once, something had happened at home, she called me really upset crying down the phone and I was like but you won't even you won't even remember this in two weeks time and she carried on crying and I just thought no one's listening to me or no one's understanding or they're not really taking in what I'm saying I did it at work as well uh, like I won't mention names but do you remember a while back we had a, a person at work sold some games out to um, some children oh. they were 18 rated games Yeah. so um, shouldn't have done it was breaking the law. Um, she'd like for she just forgot to ID them. Yeah. Or it hadn't even come into her head or something. Yeah. But she was really upset about it because obviously she thought that she was potentially going to lose her job. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was she was really upset. And I was like, I'm going to be really nice right now. I'm going to do her a really big favor. So I pulled her to one side and I went, just think, in two weeks' time, this won't even matter. You won't even remember it. And she didn't stop being upset. And I remember her going, yeah, I just feel like such an idiot. And I was like, oh my God, why does no one ever listen to me when I say this? And I remember getting really frustrated about it and feeling genuinely annoyed because I was like, I've solved everyone in the world's problems and nobody will just listen to how I've solved it. And like, it genuinely was getting really annoyed. And then I realised that maybe that only works for me. And maybe with NT people, they don't. I don't know why. Like, well, I still don't know why. I know. I mean, to me, like, explain to what you've just said. It sounds like, so initially you were getting upset about the stuff that was causing you to have meltdowns. And obviously yeah. things that cause you to have meltdowns for a lot of us, including myself. It's always, like, stuff that wouldn't bother anybody else. Like, <laughs> it's going to a shop and, it, you know, the thing you want not being there. And, like, or yeah, going yeah. to catch a bus and it doesn't turn up. Um, and it's it's stuff like that that normal people just go, ah, oh, that's annoying, and then move on. Um, and I think, like, you came up with this saying of, will it matter in a week? Because when you go, oh, I want to get broccoli from the shop, they're out of broccoli. Like, does it matter in a week? No, I won't even remember that they didn't have broccoli. And then that works. And then obviously you then, at the time, not knowing you were on the spectrum, not knowing that you had meltdowns, like, you then thought that that really worked with that and stopped that from happening. So yeah. then the big emotional stuff that neurotypical people have, you applied it at the same time of that happening, but you weren't going to have a response to it anyway. 
but you still said it. So say like a family member dies and they go the dead and in your head you're going, will it matter in a whatever, like this kind of thing. <laughs> but really, had you have not said that, you still wouldn't have got upset anyway. But because you said it and then didn't get upset, you thought, oh, that worked there as well. And I think you've just done it. And on the meltdown stuff, because most meltdowns are over like things that don't really matter. Um, and, you know, in those situations, it works. But then to use them on the big stuff, because you weren't going to have a response anyway, you used it and it worked. So you just thought like... I'm like the Dalai Lama here. I like, did, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? That is what so, I thought. So then you start telling everybody this and just like, ha, check out this little <laughs> gem. of, And it like it's not like a, a full thing because obviously they've got the emotional... I mean, this is still guessing. Like, I in no way have ever understood the emotional responses of NT people to anything. Um, like, when I've explained to people in the past how I don't have responses to stuff. They tell me that it's like really sad and they go, oh, it must be so sad living like that or, you know, not having responses to stuff. And I've always kind of gone, well, I've never had them. So it's not like it's I had something, lost it and now I miss it. Um, I've just gone, well, no, it's not that bad, really. And like the original question asked, like uh, the positives of it, there's loads of positives to it. But yeah, in your case, I think like you you thought of this saying and it worked for you because you were using it at times when you didn't need to use it <laughs> but thought it was working and then you're just passing that around to everybody else um yeah like my genuine annoyance after the last one the girl that we worked with i just thought that's it i am never sharing my wisdom with anyone again cuz i was so annoyed <laughs> yeah but that's because I don't like I say I don't understand neurotypical emotions stuff. I won't know what she was feeling about the things she did. Um, yeah, you know I, I won't know what a normal response to a breakup is. So you can't trying to give advice to somebody. You know it's it's difficult. You know like they come to you for advice because they know you've been through a breakup. Um, so they think you you know they ask you how you got over it. You know they yeah. kind of, and you just kind of have to be like. Uh, I didn't, but not because I didn't, because I never did and I'm still upset about it. It's because I didn't have to, so yeah. I didn't. Um, and that's the thing, you can't really advise others. So I guess you giving advice out to neurotypical people about their emotional responses stuff. You're giving advice to someone over something that you've never really experienced, so you can't really give advice. <laughs> um, and it's the same of them asking, neurotypical people asking me for advice about emotional stuff and me trying to tell them what I would do. Um and my advice is just don't worry about it. Don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? And they just sort of go, oh, oh that's not really what I was hoping. <laughs> um, but that that's in a sense is uh, when at times when I think that it's good is and the same way that this person that originally sent the message um, is there have been times when really stressful stuff's happened and really bad stuff's happening. And, you know, I've been in relationships with people where horrible stuff has happened uh not between the two of us but like outside stuff you know like l you know losing a job or yeah. um you know like if I, my ex lost a couple of jobs um well actually she only lost one but um and because i'm like my i'm so like logical in like my responses to everything yeah. um and i don't get like overcome by like emotion or anger or like that kind of thing to stuff i am able to logically still respond to stuff and stay calm there's been situations i think between the two of us where you've had like some stuff happen that's got you really like worried upset that kind of yeah. thing and i've managed to maintain like a more calm like relaxed like sort of mentality to it yeah 
And I think the same. I've had things that I've been ruminating about and worried about and I've told you about them and you've been quite... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's been like no response to it. And I think that's where it's useful to have us in a situation. I think coming to us for advice after or asking for our opinion on stuff... That's probably not a good idea uh, because obviously you're giving advice to someone on something you know nothing about. And do you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't think you really can emotionally like talk to someone about their emotions to a situation when you yourself have a completely different response to everything. But I think in the moment of it, I think that's when it's good to talk to somebody that's on the spectrum because they'll probably, I mean, it does with me and you're the same and I'm sure loads of people are the same also. Um, You maintain like a calmness, like level-headedness. You don't get overcome by the situation. You just manage to stay normal. You stay like logical still. Yeah, like I... I would definitely say there's times where I've been worked up over something that probably was like silly, but... Uh, it's one of my like ruminations and you've definitely given just a nice like balanced response um you've probably done it to me more than I've done it to you but yeah I think there's times where you've probably been um like thinking too much about something and the same and yeah it's, it's if you re- if you still live with your family or I mean obviously not so much for me or you because uh we don't but those that still do I imagine when there's like a family crisis or that kind of thing I think having someone in the family that's on the spectrum is useful because they're able to maintain you know yeah not fall to pieces and will probably still look at everything the same way as they would look at anything yeah um I think like for just like that's where it's positive for other people I think for ourselves it can be positive as well like I do think that perhaps the not having the same response to a breakup um has benefits for us as people because like you know some people after breakups and losses will stop eating and things like that whereas we don't we we tend to keep ourselves healthy you know like stick to our routine yeah, I mean, even though the routine is disrupted if you lived with that person and that kind of thing, it doesn't take long for a new routine to be put in place. Uh, and then once it's back in, you're fine. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's that's always a benefit. And obviously when you explain that to people, uh, to neurotypical people, they expect you to, that you need to grieve, you need to get upset. And getting upset and getting all that bad emotion out of you yeah. is like, it's a good thing and you need to do it. So I get why neurotypical people do it. I'm not saying that like they do it and that makes them inferior because they do it it's because that's their process and obviously originally I used to think before I had Asperger's that um I wasn't letting this out of me yeah that it was just I was just like you know like keeping it inside and just letting it build up and build up and like eventually it would just come out into something like I'd have like some sort of like mental breakdown because of it but then I realized that with Asperger's how it kind of works is with people that are people that are neurotypical the bad thing happens their body absorbs it and then it comes out in crying not eating being upset that kind of thing whereas i think with asperger's what happens is the bad thing happens and instead of it absorbing into the person that's got asperger's it kind of just goes over them yeah and like goes somewhere else disappears from them completely like it just kind of goes completely over their head and past them gone yeah um and i think that's the difference between neurotypical and people with asperger's is that 
the neurotic people will take it in, they absorb it, and then they have to let it out some way. And if they don't, they'll keep it, and then that can cause problems later on. But I think with Asperger's, it never even gets in, yeah. which is why we don't build up and why we don't have the reaction. And the meltdowns, you know, like meltdowns are, I would say, a massive emotional response. But they're never, they're, I literally can't remember it. I, can't, I don't think I've ever had a meltdown about something that would seem normal you know what I mean like I've never had a meltdown over like a breakup or uh, you know like a death in the family or losing a job or not getting a job or you know the stuff that people normally get upset about yeah. my meltdowns have never been about anything on that kind of level it's always been stuff that I've just thought why am I getting worked up about this yeah <clears throat> yeah definitely and like I can think of times in my life where Things have happened to me that for other, like for NT people, they might think like they might be really upset about or have like a real emotional response to. But I definitely think that I've just not had that or I've just not thought anything about it. Whereas I know if I said it to someone, they'd go, oh, my God, that's awful. Whereas I've just thought like, oh, OK, that happened. And I think that, yeah, I think that's what you're saying. Like it just goes over your head. It's just the yeah. But I think in a way that's that's a good thing. Maybe like that comes from, well, I don't think that's why it happens, but it's probably good for people on the spectrum because of like our tendencies to ruminate and overthink. If it, maybe if we did absorb these things, it would be too much for us because I like, yeah, I like I'll ruminate over things like the shop not having what I wanted it to have so if like I can't even imagine if I took in the the big things if you like I I don't know how like I feel like that would be detrimental yeah I know what you mean if you're getting like meltdowns from uh someone changing plans that you're supposed to be going yeah like imagine if yeah if you did take it in might be why we don't might be that's why the it's designed to not take it in at all um Maybe it's like a total like self-preservation thing. I don't know. Yeah. I just know that's how it works. I know that when the big stuff happens, uh, at no point does it phase me. It doesn't seem to even slightly like... Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be on the other side of things either. I imagine, I imagine for NT people, it's a lot more difficult to understand our way of thinking than us understand theirs so i feel like it must be more difficult for say an nt person um in being in a relationship with someone on the spectrum must be a lot there must just be confusion yeah i mean we'll probably do an episode on the whole being in a relationship with someone that's on the spectrum um yeah yeah i think because i I think because obviously every relationship i'd probably same for you yeah uh you've always been with someone that's neurotypical uh and there is a lot of confusion and miscommunication and getting wires crossed based on because obviously when you're in a relationship with someone there's that whole it is an emotional thing uh and yeah the way our emotions are aligned are completely different so um there is lots of people that talk about whether it'll whether it would actually work or do they work um and I know there's a lot of like groups on Facebook for people that are solely just for NT people that are in relationships with somebody on the spectrum and they just talk to each other about issues and problems and, you know, good things, bad things, that kind of thing. So I know there's a big thing for it uh, and whether it works and whether it doesn't work. And I know that all the relationships I've been in um, have all been with neurotypical people and they've all ended because of 
emotional responses. They've all ended for the same reason. Yeah. Um, I just emotionally was not there at the same level or even the same style that they'd like me to be. Yeah. Um, and they've all ended for that exact same reason. And every time I get involved with anyone, um, I know that it's going to end for the same thing. And that's that our emotions aren't in sync with each other. And the things I react to, they don't react to. And the things they react to, I don't react to. And there's been no like... Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like compatibility in that way. Like the interactions and talking and like things have been fine, but then NT people need that like emotional link or connection. Yeah. Uh, and you you can get it, but it only like, they kind of like only like cross over every now and then. There's like some things where you both have the same reaction to, but it's it's not enough for some people. But yeah, we'll definitely do an episode on that. So I think it would be interesting, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, well, I think that is it for this week. Yes, it is. I know, I keep doing it. <laughs> uh, thanks again for everybody to, <laughs> for listening. Um, like, shameless plugging time, but I, uh, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook. It is just look for Them Asperger's. Same with Instagram, same with Twitter. Um, I think if you just type Them Asperger's in, you're looking for a picture of basically my wardrobe door with my drawings on it. Um, but you should easily be able to find us. Uh, I'm pretty sure... And there is that cover picture of the two of us. <laughs> that's only on the Facebook page. Oh, uh, that's on the Facebook. Well, ignore that then. Oh, wait, no, I think the Twitter page has got it now as well. I think it's um, on there. But yeah, I'm pretty sure if you have to do the atting on Facebook, it's just at them Asperger's on Instagram and Twitter. It's at, under, at them underscore Asperger's. Um, or Anchor as well, uh, yeah. which is obviously where this originally gets posted and then it gets shared to like Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, everything else. Um, but yeah, message us, talk to us, that's fine. Um, post on the wall, that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, if there's anything comes up that we want to talk about, we'll talk about. Because this one, to, I don't even know what we were going to do this week, but this week solely based on just... I think like a off comments. Yeah, like people make comments to us and then we think that's actually really interesting. Like we could explore that. And it's always good to hear other people's uh, opinions. Yeah, and it doesn't have to just be um, people on the spectrum to ask us stuff as well. If you're neurotypical and want to know something about somebody you want to get to know better or understand more as well, like we're open for that. Um, if you're in a relationship or related to or just know someone that's got it and just want to know more about it. But don't want to ask them directly in case you're worried about being insensitive or is that okay to ask? Because I get that all the time um, at work and that people say, I want to ask you something about your Asperger's, but I don't know if it's too rude or if it's like really like personal or that kind of thing. And like the good thing is, is I don't care. Like when people ask me, I'm not bothered. I'll just tell them. Um, But I've noticed that like with obviously with a lot of neurotypical people they, they don't want to they don't want to ask no. they want to know but they don't want to ask and you can't really just google it because it's so unique to to everyone that's got it that google will just give you the broad strokes of what it is so i think yeah if you want to ask anything if you are on the spec not on the spectrum as well and are listening to this want to ask anything like go ahead and ask uh, and we'll try and help the best we can yeah uh, yeah and i've learned loads of stuff just from people like when we did the um the gender podcast like one of the listeners sent me an article on like uh feminism and like asperger's and stuff and it was really interesting so i've been learning 
Ooh. I love a bit of learning. I love to learn. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't read stuff, so. Yeah, but I, feel, I read it. <laughs> I feel like you read it and then you tell me what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> I love reading. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. Unless there's anything else you want to add. No. Uh, then you know what to do. Bye.